0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Eric with 520 Collective and the 520 Collective Podcast. I want to talk to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way possible to make a podcast. Let me break it down for you. One, it's free. That's right. No cost to use Anchor. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So if you want to get on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and many, many more, then it's really, really easy, guys. You just set up an Anchor account at anchor.fm. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Again, make money, no minimum listeners. You're not going to find that anywhere else. It's everything you need to make a podcast, and it's all in one place. So go right now and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And make sure you let them know you heard it on 520 Collective Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Andrew Puckett. You're listening to the Beyond the DMs podcast hosted by Eric Boston. Check me out on all platforms for weekly singles and more. If the rains far
1: down, keep your head you go farther. You can find me on all social media platforms at Andrew X Puckets. New song every Friday, new podcast every Wednesday. And I would love to hear from you. So tap in, get in touch. Let's connect.
0: What's up and welcome to another edition of Beyond the DMs here on 520 Collective. My name is Eric. Boston. If you want to connect with me and you know carry the conversation beyond this podcast, do so at Twitter. It is at Eric Boston three. That is at Eric Boston and the number three. I would love to talk to you because that's what the point of all this is. This is non-scripted. Um, this is a place where we, as a community, can come together, have conversations that maybe are not always comfortable. But what we learned from Andy Minio and others is that that uncomfortable. Um, those uncomfortable conversations Keep us Keep us heading in the right direction And that's what this is all about So, you know, definitely want to talk to you Whether it's on social media Or if you guys want a chance to let your actual voice be heard Hit up anchor.fm Slash 520-collective And you can actually leave a voicemail That I can use Um, in other areas Man, that'd be awesome I'd love to hear you guys talking And you guys jumping into the conversation But for this episode, I am joined by uh, a a friend, I will say that, he is uh, a Christian hip-hop artist, he's, I think you could maybe say activist, Um, definitely, definitely, definitely there, so, uh, from North Carolina, my guy Mitch Durrell, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? Nothing much,
1: man, Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, no, I'm excited, dude, like, when we start talking about um looking at doing this man, like I I don't know, man. It's just one of those things like I got I got hyped for it, dude. Like I love talking <laughs> to you and I knew that this conversation was gonna be good just off of the little back and forth we had. Um Right. But yeah, man, before we jump into it just head on into it, like what what's been going on with you, man? I know you got a new album that's uh on the way. What what can you tell us there?
1: Yes sir, so probably in I said August, but I don't know. I don't know if it's still going to be August. But it's done except for one song, um, and I actually just released the track list. Like, what was that? Two days ago? Yesterday? Two days ago? Um, people seem to be excited by just the track list, so I'm excited. It's definitely my best uh, music by far, uh, so I'm definitely excited for that.
0: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited anytime you drop something, bro. So uh, make sure that you guys go and support you. that. Support it. Because uh, Mitch is one of the real <laughs> ones in this space, man. I love it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. And then of course it's called Dorel. Do not call it Daryl. So <laughs> right, um, <laughs> dude. I can't help it. Like this is me being old and corny, and you probably won't even get the reference. But like in my head, like all the time, I'm like, that wasn't me. That was Mitchy, Mitchy Dorel. Like, I don't know if you get I that. I don't get
1: that reference. So that's
0: <laughs> a that's a that's an MC Hammer reference right there, man. MC Hammer. What up? Oh, got you. <laughs> That's not me. That's Scotty Burrell. You know, but never mind. Whatever. Exactly, I'm funny what to be. myself, dude. I'm funny to myself. So, um, but no, man. Let, let's get into the heart of it, dude. Because I'm excited to have this conversation. And um, to be honest, like it's it's pushing me to to get to those uncomfortable places, right? Because it, it's not it's right. not an easy thing to discuss. Now, I think that our conversation is not as tough as maybe some other ones that are taking place on this mm-hmm. podcast, but um, it's still something that I think needs to be discussed, and we've seen some of that back and forth on Twitter. So let, let's kind of just start there. So obviously we've had a lot of social injustice, like, You can't even just say recently, man. It's just kind of a part of this country, right? I mean, it's just, it's always there. No matter if we want to talk about, if we're, no matter if it's the hot topic at the moment, it's like always around. But obviously 2020 has been nuts and um, it's been at the forefront, right? And you you go back to the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all these names that we've seen and just stuff is spoiled over, I guess, um, and we've seen protests across the country, and you actually went out and were a part of one there in your local area recently, correct? Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, let, let, let's start there, man. Like, um, you know, were you, like, like, what made you decide that, dude, I'm, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to do this because... I mean, to be honest, man, if I was in your shoes, there'd be a lot of, um, I, I think there'd be a lot of things that I would be like, man, I, I'm not sure. Let me, let me think about it. Like, let's weigh the pros and cons here.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually, it's funny cause I, one reason is I had never gone to a protest before. Like there was, there was a ton of them back when Trayvon happened, but I was kind of young then. Like, I think I was still in high school. Um, so I was kind of too young to just be going out to the city back in Charlotte um, so now I'm a little bit older, a little more educated, more independent, so I can kind of just do what I want to do, if that makes sense. Um, and I didn't have many reservations, but it's funny, my parents had a ton. My parents actually tried to tell me not to go. Like, they were like, we'd prefer you not go. Like, my mom was really trying to guilt me into not going.
0: What, why was I that? As what a was parent. that?
1: Right. So, so I did it as a parent. Like, they don't, I live three hours away from them, which isn't too far, but it's like, they're not right here. And I'm older, so, like, they can't really shield me or protect me from anything. So, like, their worst fear is just I go out with good intentions, and then they read about me getting killed on the news at a protest. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, like, I didn't blame them. But at the same time, like, I'm 24, I'm an adult, and it was, it was something I felt almost obligated to do, you know? Like, I couldn't feel good about saying, oh, I won't go because it's not the safest place when it's like, well... Is my safety or supposed comfort, you know, is that more important than helping make everybody that looks like me feel safe? Because I'm privileged to live in a nice area in a nice apartment. Not everybody has that privilege. So, well, uh, and and even why it was, it was was worth going out there, you know.
0: Yeah. And even on top of that, man, I mean, you know, obviously I'm not going to jump into uh, stuff that. Your your personal stuff or anything like that, unless you want to bring it up. I mean, you know, we've seen stuff that even like where you live, and I think you can apply that to just people across the the board. Like, what what is a safe place? You know, at this point. Um, yeah, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, you know, for like me, you know, I'm in the the middle of the country. You know, I'm in Missouri around the Branson area, and I don't, Branson's kind of been in the news a little bit um, here lately, Manuel, you know, but. You know, you would think, well, this is built around a family-friendly, you know, buckle of the Bible Belt area, and we even got those right. issues here, man. So yeah, so so you you're choosing to go out. Your parents not super thrilled with the idea. Um, had they <laughs> had they ever taken part in in protest before? Because I know, like, it seems like some you, you know, know those what? future generations or those pre previous generations, um, you know, sometimes they've went through it and they're like. That's why they're saying nah. Because they've seen it up close and personal. Yeah.
1: So I actually... This is a big question. I actually don't know the answer. I never had asked um, my parents if they had ever done it themselves. I know, like, I have a huge extended family. So I know great aunts and grandparents of mine that, that were part of those. But I don't know if my parents were particularly ever um, active in protest. My mom's a very anxious woman so well, she's yeah. very worrisome about things which makes sense because like i am too but yeah. um sometimes like i'm able to push the anxiety aside for something i feel is important and that's what i told him i said i feel like this is an important it's an important cause to me um and i'm willing to be un or seemingly you know maybe uncomfortable which is the other thing is i'm glad i went because i wasn't uncomfortable at all like i was glad i went because the other reason I went, aside from feeling obligated, was that you, eventually when you see stuff on social media, like videos on Facebook and stuff on Twitter, you're like, you need to find out if that's, like, the case for yourself, you know? So I was like, I'm gonna go out to a protest in my city that I live in and see what it's like instead of taking the word of what Facebook has to say. Because we're Um, seeing, like,
0: two-minute clips. That way I have
1: my own. Exactly, exactly. And, like, clips exactly, clips don't We're starting to take clips and for all things, not just protests, but take clips and be like, this is reality when it's like those clips are literally just that. They're clips. They're small little pieces of time. You know, there's whole I was out there for like two hours. You know what I'm saying? You could maybe take a clip from later that night after most of us had left and been like, this is what it's like in Raleigh. But it's like you missed the whole two, three hours that people were out here peacefully organized, you know, being productive um, and change the narrative and use one clip of five seconds of one person later on and be like, oh, nothing's peaceful and people are just rioting and looting for no reason, you know.
0: Right, right. So so the protest that you went to is in Raleigh. Um, obviously, you know, I, I don't know, like, how, how you kind of label these protests, right? I mean, like, people want to say, oh, well, this is a Black Lives Matter protest or this is whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... What was, I guess, the purpose, the the driving force behind this particular one that you joined in?
1: So I believe this uh, protest was put on by people, like, students at NC State. um, And they had marched actually from campus. But that's the thing. Like, I don't even think it was labeled, like, a Black Lives Matter protest. It's more just, like, a protest from people who are sick of like how the world is, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it was, yeah. it was a ton of white people as well as black people. It was kind of organized by some of the older students. Um, there were signs. It was pretty organized. It was like a, they had us like a long kind of line. They had a certain route for us to walk. Um, there was like a goal, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just like chaotic or just kind of like unplanned or unorganized. It was very organized. Um, but it's not even like, if you saw us, um, I don't think you'd say this is the, they're all part of like the Black Lives Matter organization. They're just people that care about yeah. other people, you know what I'm saying? And want things to be better for, you know, the next generations to come.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing that for sure. Um, a couple of things that, that made me think of, so let's do it one at a time. One, once you decided to go ahead and go to the protest, be a part of it like you're saying it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of individuals it sounds like involved here so like did you have like a personal intent or, or a personal goal that you wanted to be able to go and then walk away and say this is why i was here this is what i achieved does that make sense
1: yeah so honestly since it was my first time protesting i wanted to see what it would be like um and also, so I, I really did a lot more observing than, like, I did chant at times, um, but, like, I did a lot more watching what other people were doing and seeing, like, what the vibe was. Like kind of just watched, even like, just walking past the Capitol building and seeing all the, uh, like, the military there with, like, their ARs was kind of, like, almost, like, mm. shocking. Like, I was kind of just taking everything in yeah. because my main goal was to be able to go back, and I did this um, several days in a row after the protest was to go back and tell people what it was like, what I experienced, and what not to believe. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone would be like, oh, were you safe? Was it dangerous? Are they attacking you? Um, are y'all breaking things? Are y'all, pro-? you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I learned that it's very, there's very different things happening. Like there's peaceful protest groups that are usually going out before whatever the curfew was in the city. Um, and like the police know about them and like, There's not really a fight or reason to be, you know, hostile with each other. And then what will happen is people who may or may not be for the cause will come later, kind of post curfew, on their own, you know, with no real goal in mind. And those are some of the people that are just there breaking things for no reason or yelling at police or, like, someone I think was throwing um, firecrackers at cops and then got beat up and was wondering why, you know. So it's like people will like to compartmentalize and be like, um, oh everybody out there that's pro- protesting is just trying to, to start things um, and isn't really trying to help they're just trying to loot or like break things instead of saying no there are pe- there's two different groups there are people that are out there protesting peacefully using their right to protest to make things better and then there are other people that seemingly don't really care about the cause and are just looking for an excuse to, to attack police officers you yeah. know
0: man that's that's crazy and dude if i feel like i feel like you know um what the other thing is that i was thinking in my head without without me telling you man it's wild because you kind of set it up for me you were talking about um you know one of your angles you want to be able to come back and talk to people about the experience and right. you know relay that to them and i think we've seen a lot of people within our little bubble here you know within chh you know i've seen several people that was like hey i'm thinking about going to this protest or you know what do y'all think about if i did this you know so people are Mm -hmm. are curious and and people are you know just really considering what can i do as an individual to make an impact here so when you had those conversations man like
1: um how did those go Right, and I do have a lot of those. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like I ended up explaining how you don't always have to necessarily be out there if you don't feel safe. Like I'm never gonna, you know, uh, look down on somebody who feels like they don't want to go out to a protest because it may not be safe. Because I mean, I get it. Like it may not be the safest, depending on where you're at. My situation was a certain one; others may be different. Um, And then people will say you can donate, but we can be honest. Not everybody has even enough money for themselves, let alone money to to give to anything. You know, um, yeah. so like those are the two that are cited most. But they're not. There's easier stuff you can do. Like I was telling a lot of my white friends, like really just talking to people you know who are people of color and asking their opinion on things, and like asking their um. I have certain artists that are that still reach out to me about like how I feel about these certain things, or like. How they can help uh, white people they know in their lives that may not fully get it. How they can help that, like that helps in a maybe an indirect way because it's like if you can help change one person's like worldview, you can impact uh, it's like a domino effect. You know what I'm saying? Like you're affecting potentially generations. So like just dialogue. I talk about social media as like uh, cliche or like maybe trivial as it seems is really important. 'Cause it's our way of I think it's twenty twenty now, it's our way of communicating and getting the message out. So like um sharing articles or sharing information that's important. Um, talking you can I always use social media to talk to people and educate people. So if you see someone say something ignorant, maybe not necessarily a troll, but someone who just doesn't get something, um, explain it to them once you've gotten, you know, an answer from a person of color. Um stuff like that. So stuff that doesn't even necessarily take money or like your comfort zone being changed like you can literally help from your phone
0: yeah for sure man you you talked about safety man i want to talk about that a little bit more because um Mm -hmm. obviously i think in any situation like this there's that level of concern right um to to whatever degree it may be and i'm just trying to put myself in 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 the shoes of, like, if I was you trying to debate about going, um, you know, like, for me, it might be a tough decision to say, yeah, I'm definitely going out there. Because while I want to show support and I want to, you know, relay, like, hey, what's going on is not okay and I'm not okay with it. You know, like at the same time, I've got, you know, I'm, you and I are in different situations, right? I mean, I'm married with kids. And so that would right. weigh heavy on me, you know, because I would have to consider those risk factors. Um, and it might be difficult, man. Like, you know, and then you mentioned that, you know, you've, you know, you kind of sometimes deal with this anxiety, you know, kind of like your mom and stuff. Like, just talk about like as you were going in it or and like, or like when you were getting there or walking up to or whatever, like, were you, were you worried about the risk that was
1: involved? Mm-hmm. Um, I was anxious at the beginning because there's was, there was a couple of weird things. So one, it was already at the point when the curfew had been put into place. Um, so like, and people had already like rioted other nights before. So like a lot of things, a lot of buildings are boarded up. So it's kind of weird seeing your city that's usually very lively, be kind of empty and boarded up. Um, I went with a friend of mine and she was driving and we drove past some police officers and this one officer was like, he had a camera kind of like up and he was like recording everybody that went by and he like recorded us and that was like really weird. It was just like a very weird thing to happen. We're like, okay, that's kind of odd. Um, and then as we're walking toward the, uh, like the Capitol building, we saw like all the uh, the military and that was another weird thing. So it's like, I'm not necessarily fearing for like my life or anything, but it's just kind of like a very, for someone who also hadn't protested before, um, and after you see all the clips and stuff that you see on social media, it's kind of like, I think I'll be okay, but, like, you don't know for sure. Like, Um, did, did, like, were were you
0: on higher alert, like, watching out, like, okay, what if I notice that things are starting to go sideways here?
1: Oh, for sure. Like, me, (laughs) so I was with my friend Brittany, and we even said, like, if we even notice something starts to, like, kind of pop off, like, we're bouncing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't... I have, like, <laughs> Getting an ex- respect ex- for strategy. people that... Right, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, I have respect for people that are willing to, like, stay and maybe, like, try to make their point and, like, they're not going to back down. But I, for me, I feel like I could help more if I'm not beat up and arrested. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to necessarily be willing to go through that. But, like, for me, I, my goal was to go there collect information and report back not necessarily get in a fight or get arrested or hurt you know like I think my parents were maybe afraid if I got arrested or something it would hurt my chance uh I was just in the process of finishing getting this job I currently have that I could maybe potentially affect my job or future you know all like valid um concerns so uh once I actually got into the protest I felt much safer um because it's like, oh, this isn't what some people thought it might be. And it's not, you know, I'm not having to fight for my life, you know. Um, but,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you talked about how that maybe, like, on the nights leading up to it, there were some riots and, and maybe even after, like, that curfew and stuff. Like, here's the thing that kind of has, I don't know, hit me a certain way through a lot of this, man. Because we, we've had these conversations in a lot of places. And I feel like... um When you're in a situation where there are more people involved in the conversation, it's much more likely to become one of those uncomfortable situations where it's like, okay, we just don't agree here or whatever. But I mean, I've seen people, you know, within our space that I don't have, you know, anything against in any way that I feel like don't understand the difference between a protest and, and and being against something and doing it the right way and in a riot you know um mm-hmm. and and man that's been a frustrating piece for me cuz it's like no no nowhere is riots the answer in my opinion um, Right. like what what would i guess what was you what were you prepared um to do if if stuff just jumped off and, and you We're stuck in the middle of it.
1: It's weird because, like, I was talking to Chris and some other people about it. Like, And that's Chris Noel, right? Christian? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, As Christians, there's a certain view we have of things. So we see things from a Christian viewpoint, but also, like, we're sympathetic and empathetic. So what I mean is, like, we agree that, like, we ourselves wouldn't riot or... Steal things or break things, but it's like we get it. Like it makes sense. Like if somebody is, we use this example: if someone's like getting picked on at school every day for like a year, and they don't retaliate, and like they try to talk to the teacher about it, the teacher doesn't do anything. No one helps. Parents don't help. No one helps. This keeps happening. Eventually, that kid's gonna snap lose his mind and like probably beat up the kid that's been picking on him. And then people that didn't see the kid getting picked on are going to be like, well, that's not the answer, man. Why are you attacking that guy? You should have just spoke up. And it's like, I've tried, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, while necessarily, we're not saying this is the answer. It's like, I can only get so upset with somebody, especially with somebody who's experienced this themselves. I've been lucky enough to not really have any negative, well, any real run-ins with police in general but like if i was going through this over and over again no one was listening nothing was getting better it just keeps happening um i'm not gonna say looting because looting is a separate thing to me i feel like stealing things from a store is just taking advantage of the chaos but like if you feel like we have to break things and we have to get someone's attention which it did um then i get it now i'm not going to participate in that and if let's say something like that was happening. Um, Basically, if it was, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't be doing anything that I felt was like sinful. So like I wouldn't be stealing or be breaking anything. Um, if I get attacked for no reason, I can't, I mean, I can't really do anything about that. If I was literally out there peacefully protesting, walking, and then I just got hit out of nowhere. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing (laughs) I could really do to stop that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to instigate. Um, like there was a, there was a white kid I heard got like, really beat up because you threw like firecrackers at a cop and it's like i don't love that you got beat up but it's also like you i mean you instigated that like you can't just throw things at, people, you know what i'm saying right, yeah um yeah. and expect to be fine so well, i'm no, I not about that but i also, think that's
0: part of the, the thing there man that, that you're hitting on is like dude like sometimes you have to you know th- there's a couple of things that i've been trying to think about whenever i'm looking at this stuff and you can I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, man, to make sure I'm on the right track here. But one, whenever we're talking about non-believers, you got to have you—you you can't mm-hmm. have the same kind of expectation that you believe, would have for someone that um, is saying, "Hey, I'm your brother in Christ," right? Um, exactly. Yeah. But but two, kind of like you said, man. I mean, like you know, people are angry, and and I think it's even beyond angry, dude. It feels like it's um anger that's tied to to um, grieving at, at this point, right? Like, I mean, we, we, we've we yeah, seen it. Sure. Like, I, I think, um, you know, someone passes away and someone's grieving for that person and they just don't know how to let that out and it t- t- turns into anger. That's not what they are trying to do or not even who they are, but that's a, a, mm-hmm. a side effect. And I, I feel like that's kind of the situation we're in. We, we have a lot of people in this country that are grieving and, you know, part of them grieve through anger, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, is that a good way to look at this in your opinion, man? Cause like I said, I, there's, there's some stuff that I think it, on the surface level where I first saw it and it hit me, I'm like, Oh man, you know, this is wh- why, why are we doing this? You know? Um, but then as I yeah. try to think my way through it, I try to hopefully, be a little more empathetic and think about being in those shoes. Um, this is kind of where I guess God's taken me to this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's the way you have to look at it. Cause it's like people don't inherently just want to be angry and break things. You know what I'm saying? Like I, and people, once it gets more personalized, that's when people really start to get it. Like I was talking to my friends, Um, and I, have been using this example to kind of get through to people that might not get it. I happen to be a lot of white people's only black friend because of where I live. And so I always make the point like, well, how would you feel if it was like me that this happened to? Like I was innocent black man, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. You know, I'm not gang affiliated or that i have a weapon or, you know, me. And then you hear that I get shot and killed at like a traffic stop or something by like a white cop. Um, and a bunch of my friends will say, well, I'd not be out there rioting and breaking things. I might To so the outside people, they'd be like, well, that's crazy. That's not the right thing to do. But to them, these are like my best friends of like a decade um, who would know I was innocent, not assume, oh, maybe he did this. Let's get all the facts. Maybe he was a bad guy. Maybe he was doing the wrong thing. It's like, no, like, and then to beyond that, not get any justice for it. Let's say a cop didn't go to jail or didn't even get fired and they're looking into me and my background and stuff. Like eventually you're just going to feel rage. You know what I'm saying? Like both anger of you're upset that you lost a friend, but also let's say somebody killed me. Um, that wasn't a cop, just like a regular guy killed me. That person at least would go to jail and would have to go to court, would end up getting punished. It's like, you still see the cop is still got his job. Nothing happened to the cop. You're going to be like, there's, you're going to be furious. Like there's no way that you wouldn't be. Cause it's like, there's no, this is unfair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and no one's hearing you when you're saying this is unfair. And it's like, this, this isn't the first time this has happened. This is like the 10,000th time it's happened. So it's like, people, I really try my best to sympathize and empathize where I can. Cause it's like, I don't want to, for this to be the answer. I don't want for people to feel like the only way we'll get attention is by breaking things. But it's like, eventually like you're not even really i don't even think it's really calculated i don't even think it's really like we'll break this and destroy this city and we'll get attention it's more like we don't have anything else to try like yeah. talking doesn't work um listening waiting doesn't work so it's like we're, we have to do something um and like i said i do as much as i'm not a huge fan of it and do think it kind of has worked that in a mixture of other things you know right. um yeah, so it's just sad, honestly, that it's like people feel so helpless that they're like, we have to basically destroy, <laughs> build the stuff that people shouldn't care about. Like, people really care that um, you use Target as an example. Like, oh, like the Target got destroyed, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of sad, but not really, because like insurance is gonna cover what they lost plus some. Um, you can replace everything in a Target, you know. Yeah. Not a fan of stealing, but it's like, the store is going to be okay. This person, whoever it is, uh, was killed, and nothing's being done about it, and he'll never see his kids again, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, man, I, you talked about some stuff that I think leads into another uh, main point that we want to hit on that we talked about before, but before we do, let me let me kind of maybe wrap this little part up with this question to you. Because, I mean, I think anyone that is familiar with your music catalog knows that this is all stuff that is important to you, right? I mean, your newest single, right. Black and Proud, you got um, what, If I Die, you have BLM. I mean, you have right. several songs related to this. Um, and then, you know, when we talk about hip-hop, we all know that, like, the realness of hip hop is important. Did did that weigh into yeah. your decisions in being a part of, of this in any way? Did you like think, hey, if I'm gonna speak up and talk about this stuff in my music, I better be, be willing to, you know, put some action behind it as well. I mean, did that was that even a factor?
1: Honestly, so not exactly that, because um, now later, maybe like retrospectively, I can see how that like will relate, but it's more for like, cause you know me, I love doing music, but I also like love doing media type stuff or yeah. whether it's like reviews or like just talking to people. I was doing like Facebook lives for a while, interviewing and stuff. So it's like, I know man, you get way like more I views points than points we do, across.
0: man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I get points across in my music pretty well. But I also feel like I have the ability to not only do it in my music, but, like, do it just by speaking. So I was thinking more from the perspective of, like, dialoguing with people and speaking with people. Right. Um, as regardless to you know, when it comes to... Because I haven't really made a song about... um I could probably make a song about the protest now that I have, like, my own perspective and, like, it was actually out there. But, like, for me, since I feel like I can do my best... uh reaching people by speaking, at least it's a little bit easier or more direct. Um, I was thinking more on the, the speaking dialogue side of it as uh, opposed to the music side.
0: Okay. That's what's up. So you, you talked about having that conversation with Chris Noel and, you know, factoring in the, um, the faith aspect of our lives and into all of this. Right. And I know that this was a conversation that you started having on social media, that I think is an important one that to take place, and I, I want to talk about yeah. it, man. And I want to give it time and give it, uh, you know, uh, like a uh, spotlight here. Uh, and and that is, we've seen so many people that are in the middle of that, you know, that grieving state, that anger state, because of everything that's going on. And we've even seen people that are professed Christians speak up a little bit against this at the same time. Man. And that is, um, when we've seen people that have tried to bring the gospel into these situations, right? Like, Hey, you know, this the only way that this is going to get fixed is through Christ or, you know, while we're there, let's, let's bring it up. Let's make sure that the unbelievers, you know, know about, um, you know, the gospel message and, and that kind of stuff. And I know you hit on it, man. Like, um, so now that you've been in the thick of it I guess to say you know how does how does that factor in like what kind of a role should our faith um, play in, in these situations
1: it's frustrating right because it's like I, you, QFlow was talking earlier today because somebody said that they were basically talking down on Black Lives Matter and all that type of stuff and he was saying Calling out injustice is calling out sin. Like, it's as a Christian, you should be doing that anyway, whether you're a black man that sympathizes or empathizes with it, right? Um, So it's like the act of trying to stop things like this from happening is in and of itself Christian, you know? Um, So you don't have to go in and try to make it a Christian thing because it already is. You're trying to make the world a better place, you're trying to stop injustice and racism, things that God hates. So that's already making it Christian. You have to, like, reach for a way to make it Christian. Um, That being said, it's, it's like, how do I explain it? Give me one second. No, you're good, man. Um, You're good. Um, So, like, if you're, you're a black man in America who's a Christian, and your concern is you don't want this to keep happening to for generations to come. Um, something that people will do is they'll try to take the, sorry, give me one second.
0: No, you're good. Uh, let me, let me throw this out while you're thinking about it, man. And, and I, I think that, um, maybe some of the reaction to it, like I say, you know, we try not to, but we are broken and we screw up and we do things wrong all the time. Right. And, um, Right. You know, when stuff happens initially, we, we respond in our flesh. And when right. we're, we're doing that, we're not thinking through things as we should. And, and I feel like maybe some people, when we bring up Jesus, we bring up the gospel in these situations. Uh, it's almost like we're to them throwing a Band-Aid on, on an open wound, Right, right, right. right? Um, and so... They're like hey that's not gonna really fix the problem um even though we know if we calm down and think it through like yeah that's the only thing that's gonna fix this problem it's not a band-aid but that's how it's being Mm -hmm. perceived um and I think maybe like I said this is another one of those things man that um whenever it was first happening I even was you know just having a gut reaction to him and was like oh well no this is why are we ripping apart people that's trying to share the gospel um and not that i agree but however when I start to you know take that time to really start thinking through okay why are people responding like this cuz this is not just unbelievers saying yo don't don't mess with me with that jesus stuff right now right it, it, we we did we saw it from right from believers that's like no we're, we're not talking about this right now we're talking about this you know um right and, and i think what's more yeah go ahead
1: like, I guess I was trying to say, I don't know why I couldn't word it earlier, but it's like the reason it feels like a band aid is because it's always a blanket statement. Like, we need to remember God. It's like this is true, but it's like the reality of, and what we even learned this in the Bible not everyone's going to be a Christian, not everyone's going to get to heaven. So, what we need to do is there are practical things we can do, but that aren't necessarily preaching the gospel that can help this situation. So like I would say trying to stop racism isn't necessarily always going to be done by getting everyone to become a Christian. Like I've said, as much as I want everyone to become a Christian, um, I care. I want people that look like me, Christian or otherwise to at least have the right to live their life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People that are black are getting killed at my age they're not having, they're not getting the chance to live. Some people do not find God until they're 60. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we be like, oh, well, they they weren't Christian anyway. It's like, you, I want to give everyone that looks like me at least the chance to live their life because I feel like God all gave us at least the time to live on earth. Yeah. You know? And like, mm-hmm. maybe later in their life they'll find God. It doesn't, you won't be able to find God if you can't live if you're worried about, uh you know what I'm saying? So it's like, as much as I wish everyone was a Christian and I know, we know for a fact if everyone was a Christian, that racism would be dead because right. you're all trying to be like Christ. Christ wasn't racist. I, I wish it was as simple as, well, if we preach this, everyone will believe it and we want to worry about racism. We should <laughs> preach it, but also there are just practical things you can do um, and things that you can talk about that don't necessarily always line up with talking about Christ. So like we were talking about going to protests, like, I had a friend that said she went to a protest and there's people kind of ignoring what the protest was saying and talking about to talk about Christ. And it's like not inherently wrong to talk about Christ because he is the answer. And if you can get everybody on board with that, um, then we'll have done our job. But it's also like you can't ignore these other things that, even atheists can do to stop racism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, um, and I think you know. it's like
0: we are we, we, told that you know there's there's time for reaping and a time for harvesting, right? There's um, right. Uh, man, I'm going blank. Was it like time for work and a time for rest and and all these types of things?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So the one thing that we're called and I think you you know this as a, a believer is that. The one thing we are called to do is to represent him well in the situations we're right. in, right? Um, did you, yeah? Did you like purposefully consider that whenever you were going, like, okay, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. I also need to make sure that no matter what, I'm representing Jesus well here, and. and Here's the thing I don't think that Representing Jesus well Necessarily mean Necessarily means That we're Standing on A corner preaching At people You know what I'm saying Yeah um, I, I think agree. there's a lot of ways That we can represent him well Cause you look at how He represented himself And a lot of it was just Like You're kind of hitting that is, is Just Showing love To people Who had no exactly. idea Who he was You know Exactly So I mean Is that something I That would, you uh... thought
1: about At all? Yeah, so, like, basically within everything I do. So, I was going to make sure I didn't get in any type of fight that I started, you know? I was going to make sure, like, there are people that are, of course, very passionate, so they're pressing. I was not going to be a part of that. I wasn't going to be, like, verbally berate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, even in this being something I care about and want to, um, you know, be a part of making the change, like, I'm still... A Christian I'm still trying to um, I'm always wearing my cross necklace I'm always I had my live on the whole time so I'm always representing um, Christ even at these events you know what I'm saying so it's like I could be nice to everybody I come in contact with even if I run into a cop I'm not gonna scream at him for no reason there's no reason Chris is always talking about showing love to literally everybody um, and he always challenges himself and myself to, to be doing that so it's like even though I'm at something where I know things could be hostile and some people really do hate the police and are going to be screaming at them and are going to be acting this way, I'm still representing Christ and all I do. Um, so there's a way I can do this and still represent Christ well, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you, what do you think that we as a community, um, and man, here, here's the thing that's been crazy and that I've been really, you know, it just been weighing on me lately, is like, we like to talk about our community within CHH, right? Um, right. But man, I think one thing that CHH needs to do to truly make an impact on, on this community is we've got to start thinking of, okay, we're not just a community. CHH is an appendage of the body, you know? Um, right, right. And how? And that's a whole different discussion, man. I, I know that, so I'm not going to dive very deep into it. But I guess my my thing would be like whenever we see people like saying, "Hey, yo," pro- at protest, it's not the time for um, trying to lead someone through the sinner's prayer or whatever. Um, which right, right. I, I get that. But how much accountability do we need to have amongst ourselves in this community that we call CHH to where? we can be on social media and have those conversations because I think people are shying away from them or they, you know, even on social media, they don't want to hear it. And and it's like, dude, we're not marching down the street with, you know, cops who could pop off on us or, or, whatever, you know, we're, we're on here interacting with each other. Um, right. Let's talk about what it means to be a representative of Christ in these situations and how we do that. Because I think that that is a conversation that needs to happen. That's getting overlooked for the sake of the anger that we feel right now.
1: Yeah. I see. It's definitely, it's definitely tough and doing anything on social media is tough. It'd be so much better if all of like CHH could be in the same room (laughs) and talk to each other in person.
0: Well, but I mean, you Um, had, you had this conversation with people, um, about, you know, Uh, Delivering the gospel And I know know that you had that Conversation happening And I think you even made a video about it right Um, I believe so Yeah like just just like what were Just some of the reactions that you can remember um, From Bringing that up and and having that out there On that social media space
1: I'm trying to think if I did it on Facebook Or if I did it on um, Twitter But basically just like it's you're not always gonna reach people by being and this (laughs) this morning is an example by just being judgmental and very um preachy and talking down on to people no one's really ever gonna want to listen to you if you're coming off as a jerk you know what i'm saying yeah like and i really i really do view chris noel as like an older brother because he's always spreading wisdom he's always talking about loving on people is like the easiest way and probably best way to like showcase the gospel and showcase Christ, because it's like, not everyone's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to be easy to talk to or easy to get to uh, listen to you. But it's like, you can love anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to as angry as you get, or like I said, even uh, on this morning, like someone like is trolling on the internet or someone just completely disagrees with what you're saying. Like, you can still, there's nothing stopping you from like showcasing love to that person, which is being Christ-like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you're almost never, ever, ever gonna change anyone's mind or reach anybody, um, or get anybody to see your point. If you're just yelling at them or telling them this is wrong and this is wrong. Um, you could just start by trying to love them. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Shout out to, uh, Chris Noel, Mr. BET himself. What's up, man? Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude. So so let me ask you this, dude. Um, for our community of believers, if there was one main point that as you reflect back on your experience being a part of this protest in Raleigh and and having those conversations that you've had on your social media and just you know processing through all these things that you've Uh, been a part of like what would be like one main statement one main um you know just mission or whatever or or motto or whatever you want to call it that you'd want to lay out there for believers in this community
1: i would say to be christ-like by being sympathetic and empathetic and being willing to listen to people because one of the most frustrating things about all of this is it's like us black Christians, especially in our space, feel like during times like this, it's like, are, are we even like loved or like accepted in this? And not even in just Christian hip hop, but in Christianity in general. Cause it's like we're, the people we're constantly arguing with are people who claim to be Christian, but then we'll be like, Oh, BLM is crap. And all this is a hoax. And like, none of this, it's like, shouldn't you be the ones that get it? The white Christians, you should get it more than anybody else. Cause it's like, you know, Christ wouldn't like this. You know, this for a fact. <laughs> um, so it's like, even if you don't necessarily have all the same political views or like every view that I have, like, if you can see, this is something that's upsetting a community of people who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, whether you fully agree or not, like, just like weep with those who weep like we're lit- people are literally weeping and dying so it's like be willing to talk to people be willing to put aside what you believe and just listen for a second um be sympathetic empathetic try to help where you can don't be quick to be like oh this is liberal and this is this that and the other and this is probably it's like none of that makes one it doesn't help anybody but two it's just like Christians are supposed to be the ones showing the most love, showing the most, um, you know, willing to give a hand out, give off like the shirt off their back to help somebody. And it's like when a whole race of people are asking for help, it's like you're able to basically (laughs) tell them they're wrong um, instead of being willing to listen. So it's just like, I don't know. If I had to sum it up in a sentence, I'd just say, um, try to be empathetic. You may not always be able to empathize, but like you can always show love you can always sympathize. You can always uh, for a, lack of a better way to say it, shut up and listen, even if it's for just a day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And man, you know, I wanted to, I really kind of wanted to wrap it up there, but I, I, I feel like I'd be wrong if I, I did, man, it's just weighing on me here. Cause you, you said something a little bit ago about like, man, maybe we need to get all the CHH together in a room and talk this out. and Um, <laughs> so, so I, I want to ask you this as well. Um, and it also like for those people who maybe heard the first episode of Beyond the DMs whenever I was talking to Warren Christian, you know, we were talking about the state of CHH, and um, I think this kind of builds off of that. I want—I just want to ask you, you know, we we talked about, you know, just now your message to—I feel like us as individual believers, right? Um, mm. and and we know that all this is much bigger than CHH. However, this is the space that right. I feel like we if we can all start agreeing and coming together, we can at least start making some changes within our immediate space and hopefully that can grow, you know, to the body. Um so right. let me just ask you through all this and uh, when you're watching and um just seeing those interactions, how how do you feel that CHH as a community? And when we're talking about that, we're not just talking about artists. We're talking about fans. We're talking about platforms like 520 Collective. Right, media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you feel like CHH has, um, I guess, just carried themselves through this? Or ourselves. Ourselves. I, I, I got to put myself in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, h- h- how do you feel uh. as someone that is you know very invested in all this like what have you seen that we have done that maybe we need to consider
1: that's a good question um hmm. well i feel like like it's nice seeing different platforms being willing to um like even just right now just having this conversation is is important like opening, being able to allow me to come on and talk and reach some of you know people that might not usually listen to this perspective is important and then seeing like i think rapzilla donated like a bunch of their proceeds from the live to a certain charity so it's good to see the media um helping that way it's so tough because like christian hip-hop is small but big at the same time like i like to know i like to think i know a good amount of people in the genre but then i'll I'll find like 10 new artists in a week that I had no idea. Right. There's these crazy Um, pockets
0: all over the place, man. Like we thought (laughs) when we started, when we started, we were like, Oh man, we, we know almost everybody. And there's like, dang, no, here's a, here's a hundred guys up in, you know, North Dakota. (laughs) That's killing it. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. It's
1: crazy. Exactly. I feel like, especially a lot of the younger guys, like we're always willing to have dialogue on social media, like Twitter and Instagram and, do lives and talk about stuff and i really for me uh dialogue is really the most important thing when it comes to any of it so i've seen a lot more of that um i just i don't know i i wish there was how do i explain it more people doing these types of conversations for sure um and like maybe reaching out to actually like i think the crew is trying to do a um maybe, like, a Zoom call that they record where they get a lot of the younger artists to talk about um, the state of things <laughs> right now. So just, honestly, more pa- the more panels and, like, groups of people you can get talking, the better, because even if we can't get everybody on one room, um, if you get, especially how Zoom works, if you can get a bunch of people in one room and, like, release that, that'll be the closest thing we can really get for, like, a meeting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, like, get different perspectives and because the, the only thing I really know to do, uh, aside from, like, things like this, is, like, post videos and sound clips and stuff on my Twitter. And luckily, people have seemed to be resonating with what I say. So, like, I try my best to start a dialogue and then retweet what everyone says and try to, like, get everybody, you know, get everybody's perspective. Um, but, yeah, it's not a great way to, like, get us. On the same page. <laughs> yeah, we well, we're crying. I'm glad to see people crying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the
0: the one thing I know, dude, is that you know that the church, the body as a whole, have issues that need to be fixed. And so, therefore, sure. with that being the case, uh, CHH isn't any different. You know, we're not exempt. You know, from that because if it's there for the whole body, we're we're a part of that. Um, No matter how we want to look at it, so um, yeah, man. Well, dude, you know I love you, and I just encourage you, man. man. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, I I just I want I want to encourage you just to keep on doing those things that you are doing. You know, Um, putting out those videos, having those conversations. Um, I know. I think there's maybe uh, some some more media stuff in your future that is coming. So um, you know just do you use those and just keep being a voice man and and, um because i think one thing i love man is that you don't shy away from it and you also go about it in a very respectable way in a way that should be followed and and people should pay attention to it because i think if we can come together and we can have these conversations and, and we can be willing to let people just express if it's frustration if it's confusion whatever it is um and, and do that in, in a civil way uh it, it's gonna help in the overall right. picture so man keep keep on doing that dude and if people want to be able to follow along and know what you're putting out uh in regards to this stuff or if they're just like hey maybe i need to make sure i'm following mitch so i get the latest on this album <laughs> uh like wh- where are they gonna do that at man
1: I'm Mitch Durrell on everything, except for Twitter, annoyingly. I'm Mitch Durrell underscore. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Mitch Durrell underscore on Twitter and then Mitch Durrell on Instagram. And I probably post too much, so you always have something to read or watch <laughs> or play.
0: Right. Oh, man, that's not me. That's Mitchy Durrell. What's up? What's up? <laughs> ah, man. Bro, thank you for um, supporting this this crazy you know, I, I don't think I need any more podcasts, but here I am anyway. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> that's that was a good idea. Yeah, dude, I appreciate it, man. I love that I got to get you on here, dude, and I'll be looking forward to uh, hopefully getting you back on on it, man. That's let's, that's let's thing I'm excited for it it with time, uh, Beyond the DMs man. Is I can talk to whoever I want, whenever I want. So uh, exactly. let, let's do it, <laughs> man. A- any final things you want to throw out there before we wrap it up?
1: Uh, I'll say Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Please talk to, to people and keep the uh, keep the stuff trending and try to keep people accountable. Because as lame as it seems, like Twitter might be one of the biggest reasons stuff's actually like being fixed now, <laughs> or at least being seen and people are like aware of it. So keep tweeting stuff. Um, and yeah, album comes out in August. <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we'll watch for it for sure. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to Beyond the DMs, where the conversations are real, they're not scripted, and they need to happen. I mean, that that's the one thing that I feel like guys told me is these are conversations that
1: need to happen, and they need to get out beyond the DMs. So we will check you guys next time.